Hello, all. Uh, Ryan, hey, everyone. Maybe we dispense with the music today. What do you think? This isn't I, a real episode, anyway. I don't know. I I feel very attached to it now. Really? We're 15 seconds in? Well, fine. All right. Um, why are you so attached already? I just... I. It livens this something inside my soul that makes me just want to... I, I'm not going to say Yeah, okay, dance. you should just stop talking now. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, well, it brings been, my soul to life. You, well, uh, somebody call Amy Lee. Um, <laughs> okay, so you've been working for a little while on a little trivia for me. Yes, um, I have. So we'll get to that. Uh, also, I am excited because uh, we're getting into the two towers. Uh, so this will be kind of our segue into that before we really dive into uh into the book itself i want to kind of wrap up the fellowship and uh, and get into what we uh, what our hopes and dreams are for the next 300 ish pages mm-hmm. yeah i think it's we've we've come out of a great story and for me i've been kind of left like uh, at a place where i there's not really any closure, so I need to move on to the next. Sure. Well, and and uh, it's also a little odd because we haven't read in two weeks or so, three weeks maybe. Uh, Ryan is expecting the uh, the arrival of his first man child, the heir to my throne. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've been on hiatus a little bit, but uh, as soon as that little whippersnapper arrives, we'll be back up and running pretty quick. Been on a lot of things. Hiatus is not one of them. Uh, what, cocaine? <laughs> no, no. Okay, you're not that rich. Nope. Um, cool. Well, let's get started. Do you want to start with uh, Craig's Lord of the Rings trivia? Yes, but I think this this section, I don't know if we can call it Craig's Lord of the Rings trivia. Cause I mean, I'm... it's it's still Craig's Lord of the Rings trivia. It's just Craig versus Craig's Lord of the Rings trivia. Got it. Okay, well, this is my revenge section. <laughs> my chance to go and find the most obscure and ridiculous questions I possibly could ask someone who is a uh, expert of the world of Tolkien. Now, if I can, if I may, uh, I have to preface this by saying that I, while I've, I, I've immersed myself in this world for years and years, I've never been the trivia guy. You know, I enjoy it, and I, I imagine that I would smack most people down just by virtue of the fact that I've spent so much time with these books. Sounds like you're but hedging, man. Sounds like you're hedging. I am hedging. <laughs> I'm just saying this this might not go as well as uh, as you might expect. Uh, I think you'll be fine. They're not. I'm not that. Uh, I'm not that good at finding that obscure of trivia in right. for the fellowship. But this is all fellowship uh, questions. Okay. Um. And we'll see. They they are a little more specific and a little more uh, detail oriented as to things that go on in there than necessarily things like explain to me the relationship between Bilbo and Frodo. You know, the, you know. I'm not asking for an essay. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> they like do have a very complicated relationship. Yes. After I'm... the death of Frodo's parents. Okay. Shall we begin? Yep. And these are not in a chronological order. Questions. Oh, there will be questions that from the beginning of the book that you'll get at the end, and vice versa. Okay. Because I found them that way. So put sixty seconds on the clock. Sixty seconds on the clock that we are now going to discard. All right. Question number one: What are three things that are seen in Galadriel's mirror? Oh crap! Stars, the Eye of Sauron, and uh, the uh, uh, despoiling of Bagshot Row. 
Okay, those are not any of the ones I have, <laughs> but that is, I believe that is correct. Um, the other things that you had there, uh, a glowing sword and a figure in white. Oh, okay. I, so, I'll accept that. The other one was the Eye of Sauron that was in, in the list there. So. Okay. All right. How, uh, when Frodo finally leaves the Shire, or when he leaves Bag End, how many years have passed since the birthday party? Seventeen. That is correct. Gildor and Glorian is a part of which... The House of Finrod Felagund. <laughs> <laughs> one of the sons of Feanor. All right. He who created the Silmarils. <laughs> that is three or four <laughs> levels past what I was going for. Yes. You got it. All right. I think that was actually one of the ones I asked you. Oh, no. Maybe I was just thinking about asking you and then decided to take pity. Probably. All right. Elendil once stood atop of Amon Sul looking out for what, according to Aragorn? Oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> the armies of Mordor. No. Uh, He's sir- looking for an army, but whose? Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, he was awaiting the arrival of the army of Gilgalad. Yes, he was watching for the coming of Gilgalad with his army from the west. Indeed. All right. During the Council of Elrond, who is king of Erebor? Uh, Dane. Dane, you are correct. It is Dane. Can you give me the rest uh, of it? Dane Iron something. Dane Ironfoot. Ironfoot, there you go. As a bonus point, not really worth anything, who's the king of Dale? Oh, crap. The grandson... Of Bard the Bowman. Correct. Uh, I don't know. Brand. His name oh, okay. is Brand. Of course it but is. But at least you knew you knew who it was. You know, who you were looking for. You should know the name. All right. When they approach Bree and the gatekeeper asks them for their information, Frodo is a little hesitant to speak. Who finally convinces the gatekeeper to let them in? Mary. Well, okay. Yes, that is correct. What does he say? Uh... Move. Get out the way. <laughs> uh, no. no. You are you are correct. It is Mary. Our business is our own. He gives him a name. He gives him his name. Get up out my grill. And says, gatekeepers used to be friendlier, which finally causes the gatekeeper to hang his head in ha- shame. Kind of give up and, and let right. them in. All right. What does Bilbo take with him wrapped in a bundle of tattered cloth? Uh, what does he take with him? Yes, in a bundle of tattered cloth. Uh, the mithril vest? That is correct. The mithril vest or shirt or armor or whatever you want to say there. All right. What does Frodo say to Gildor when they meet? Elen sila lumen nomentielvo. A star shines upon the hour of our greeting. Double nerd points for that. Congratulations. <laughs> I was just looking for the English, but, you know, fantastic. Good on you for being able to say it. And Really? Uh, really good on me? Yes. Or, okay. I'm going to give you good on you for that. All right. don't know if anyone else is going to, but I will. What unusual word did Mary exclaim when he saw the mess on Frodo's bathroom floor? Jumping Jehoshaphat. Uh, what? Uh, I don't know. He says... Locks. <laughs> L-A-W-K-S. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, turns out I'm not, you know, British from around the turn of the 20th century, so. Well, that's something you can start crying out whenever you see a mess on the bathroom floor, apparently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, when Strider is speaking to the group of hobbits when they first meet, he says something about his sword to Sam. What does he say? Um, pointy end goes in the other man. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't know. He says, uh, he turns to Sam and says, not much use, is it, Sam? Oh, gosh. You're really, you're really quizzing me on this? <laughs> I'm digging deep. I remember some of the ones you gave me. That, yeah, right. What are the three names of Farmer Maggot's dogs? <laughs> Grip, Fang, and Wolf. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting some revenge with this one. Yeah, right. Why does Gandalf reprimand Pippin in the chapter Many Meetings? Many Meetings? Think um, just pre-counseled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um... What is it? Uh, uh, Pippin says something. I don't know. I don't know. What does he say? What does Pippin say? Give me the answer. I can't give... Well, okay. <laughs> Pippin calls Frodo... Oh, the Lord, Lord of the Ring. That's that right. Oh, gosh. All right. That's that, 10, but or that's that, that's 11, actually. Um, 11 questions that I just got. Okay. Yeah, you got 11. Here's, I'm going to give you a... Here's, here's your bonus. All right. Redemption Even though time. I gave you an extra one, here's a bonus question. Aragorn says of Gandalf... Here he is surer to of finding the way home than the what? The cats of Queen Beruthiel. That is correct. Yeah, right. That's a bonus. There you go. That's all. all. Those are my revenge questions, and I think you did. I mean, you did about. I think you only missed. Let's see. One. I missed a couple. Two, three. You know. You know. About as as well as as can be expected, I guess. When the whole purpose of my questions was to force you into a corner. That was just cruel. Um, yeah, that was fun. I think uh, we should do that again at the end of the two towers. <laughs> All right. I will work on uh, the quiz section for the end of the two towers. Um, right on. So I guess, uh, how did you like the fellowship? Uh, very much. I actually very much enjoyed it. Um, so now you'd, you'd read it before this, but never made it past the fellowship. Is that what I remember correctly? I do recall once going through and, and reading the fellowship, but I, I know I didn't finish it. I know I didn't go any further mm-hmm. and I don't remember where I left off and yeah. I don't remember how much of it. I probably just kind of glazed over. So for all intents and purposes, this was your first time. Through. And it, it had been so for so long that it might as well have been my first time. Right on. Um, well, good. Uh, now, Looking back on the last two two books, one volume, uh, what was your? What do I want to start? Who's your favorite character so far? Sam. Sam, and why? Sam shows. Sam to me is the. He's the very essence and the spirit of everything that is good, in, in that world. He's loyal. He's fierce. He all you know. He's he's simple. Mm-hmm. But he's not, uh, he looks at the world, this, this new world around him, and instead of being like, oh, that's a, a better world, or, or saying that the Shire is better, he's just, he kind of accepts where he's at, where at, the, he's moment. at, at the moment. And his, his fierce loyalty to Frodo, his immediate you know, move to action, as much as I love uh, Aragorn and you know, Legolas, all these other characters, to me, uh, Sam is the one who is sacrificing the most at this moment Mm -hmm. in the sense that he you know when he goes into action he he doesn't have any experience with that he's a gardener he's been serving frodo you know the baggins for so long he doesn't have the battle-hardened experience of an aragorn of a gimli or legless or gandalf um and so he you know for me when he gets into those situations that's a huge sacrifice it's not okay it's time to go to battle it's like it's like real bravery it's just pretty much just straight out from the gut Give me something pointy and sharp. I'm going to hack whatever is attacking my master. Or t- the end goes in the other men. Exactly. Um, 
but yeah, Sam is Sam has become my favorite character as we've read. Right on for that. I think for me, uh, I mentioned that uh, Boromir has always been my favorite, and he still is uh, definitely up there. But on this reading, uh, I really liked Galadriel, and I mentioned that before. <laughs> and it's not just the Kate Blanchett thing, but I really um, enjoyed uh, kind of realizing that. This this elf lady who is so wise and so old and and so world weary is so nice. She's mm-hmm. so kind to the fellowship, and I just it was so refreshing to me to to uh, realize that. So I think there's something there, you know, for for me and for everybody else to learn from. It doesn't matter um, how high your station is or how much you know about a certain thing or how wise you are or at least consider yourself to be nice nice is a very i mean it's it's kind of a it's a pathetic little word to use but but uh, to be kind is a valuable thing i agree there was a there's a gentleman who i work with who well he's retiring but uh i respect greatly who was talking in in a room talking with us and uh the man is very very smart and he's he's told me a number of times i used to care most about being the smartest man in the room I want, I've always wanted to be the smartest man in the room. It says it's taken me the last, you know, decade of my life or so to realize it is more valuable to be the nicest man in the room than the wisest or the smartest man in the room. There is more value to the human race to be that than there is to just have a really smart guy there. Mm-hmm. And I think Galadriel fits what you're, fits that. Right on. Because she, she's definitely wise and and you know that she knows more and, and is a very powerful person. But just that kindness of... Letting everyone in, accepting even a, a dwarf into Lothlorien and providing them and taking care of them. I, I think it's a very respectable. Very nice. All right. Um, now, I, I want to talk about themes as well. Uh, did you have anything that jumped out to you that, that you hope kind of carries through the rest of the book so we get to read about, read about more as far as the themes that were brought up? Absolutely nothing. Uh, no. Um I hated them all. Uh, when it comes to themes, I I don't know. There's a lot. There have been a lot of things in terms of uh, the relationship between characters that I I don't want to see go by the wayside. But I know at this moment, I have a feeling we're going to see a a, a large change in tone or mood or something. I'm not sure mm-hmm. because we're splitting stories now. Right. We're going there. You have two groups going a separate way, and unless. You know, I, unless I'm really off base, we follow both groups. Eventually. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, some of the overarching things we've talked about in the past, you know, the the loyalty of Sam to, to Frodo, mm-hmm. um, the go, uh, just going that extra step, um, The when people just keep pushing forward and keep going... Uh, in their in their quests, even if it's difficult, you know things like that. I think we'll probably see carry on, yeah. and I hope we'll still carry on. But you know, one thing I've really enjoyed going back to the Frodo and Sam thing that just popped into my head is the whole boys' club thing going on here. It's been a complaint uh, leveled toward Tolkien for a long time that this is a boys' book. It's a boys' story, and the, the girls don't do anything, despite the fact that we just talked about Galadriel. Um, but you know she doesn't play a a long or in you know terribly involved part in the story anyway but uh i think it's a a timely thing now at least uh in 
in the world as I see it these days, where there's this idea of male friendship. And I and I'm gonna go so far as to call it love. You know, there guy love it's between That's two all guys. That is. <laughs> no. Um so you know it's and we laugh because that's it's kind of the world that we live in now. But but I like the idea that guys can be close, mm. you know, and can actually express real feelings and concerns and whatnot. I you know we've been friends for a long time, uh, but you know when we were teenagers, the bulk of our friendship was like, all right, let's go jump on the trampoline and you know like beat each other to death with sticks. Like that's what we did. You know we didn't. You don't really have a lot of conversations, but. I, so I like this idea of of guys being being close with each other, mm-hmm. you know. And so Ian McKellen, I remember him talking about it uh, on one of the DVD commentaries. He, you know, he likes the little thing where Sam runs and grabs Frodo's hand, and he talks about you know kind of having a little homoerotic nudge that he can throw at people by you know encouraging these little things. You know, he so he likes it for that reason. I I don't much care one way or another about that. I just like the idea that they that they are actual real friends mm-hmm. and not just uh, not just bros. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I, I yeah. It's even though Sam serves Frodo, it's it's not an entourage thing. Like you're coming along because you're useful or yeah, yeah. or that you're under some sort of. Like there, there's an obligation to serve as a servant to a master, but there's not. Uh, but it's a, it, it's almost, it's freely given. Yeah, it, it's not so much that Sam's following because he's a servant; it's because I care about. Frodo. He's a servant because he's following. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Someone crochet that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So good. I like the friendship aspect. The other one, uh, or uh, there were a couple I was thinking of. Uh, one of the ones I was thinking of is uh, the idea of chance, um, and I I I don't know quite where to go with this, but I do like the idea in this story that uh, that the bad guys are made made flesh. We see the orcs, and you know we we don't necessarily confront Sauron, uh, but we do. You know we we see what he's doing, and you know we're we're confronting his works all the time. Uh, we see Saruman, you know, so evil is definitely embodied in the Lord of the Rings, but for one reason or another, uh, good, like the, the, the supernatural forces of good are not embodied that we see. Um, and, and so it's, it's, uh, kind of left to the faith of the characters to see, um, see the good behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you see maybe 10 or so uh, references to things that happen as if by chance. Uh, and so I love watching for those little moments where it was it a coincidence that they were in this right place at the right time? Or was it, uh, you know, a kind of divine intervention? Uh, so I, I like somehow that it's not made explicit and that you kind of have to hunt around for it. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of times, especially fantasy, science fiction, the whole the whole genre, yeah, it, you get a little bit of crap. Well, actually, I'm going to just say that there aren't many stories that don't fall into this where um, you have to have a very convenient way out of something or a convenient way to explain something away. Right, the deus ex machina. Yeah, and 
I I appreciate those that so far in this so, this story that there actually have been moments in the story where they've hit a spot where has it ruined the journey? No, but they've had to change their approach. The you know, Caradras. Uh, Caradras. Um, um, I think that is a very true to life thing that we deal with, and sometimes you are in the right place at the right time with the right people, and things like that happens. And I, I think that's great. Um, one thing, one thing that's interesting to me about this story, as compared to a number of other, a number of other stories that I read, I actually went back um, during our little hiatus while we've been waiting for my little one to show up, and I reread the Chronicles of Perdain series. Oh, the whole thing. The whole thing. Nice. Yeah, reread the whole series, and there are a lot of series where you have the character that is good. He is the essence of all that is good. Mm-hmm. And while we have characters in this, Aragorn, for example, is probably the most prime example of a character who signifies, um, you know, being goodness incarnate, goodness incarnate, whatever. In general, the the Lord of the Rings doesn't have two exact players against each other. It's not Frodo versus Sauron. It's all that is good, all these good people against all that is evil. Um, wherein, as, as in a lot of these. Uh, so other stories, you have your main character who is leading the fight for good against the main character who's leading the fight for evil. That's not really so much happening in this series in, in The Lord of the Rings so far that I'm aware of. I don't really feel it has been that there's yeah. one character that is leading the fight of good. Yeah, It's just, we now all have a job. Frodo, you're going to carry the ring. Sam, you're going to carry Frodo. Aragorn, you're going to, you know, chop things up as they come <laughs> along. <laughs> and Boromir's like, hey, that's my job. Yeah, um, yeah, I get what you're saying. Now, And, and I... So, riffing on what you're saying, um, forces of good versus the forces of evil, but all these good characters have to contend with the evil within themselves, especially as they confront the ring. Now, is it the case that any of the evil characters are going to have to wrestle with the good inside of them? I wonder. I don't think that we're going to get to any of that, but... Uh, I the reason I bring it up is because it reminds me a little bit of the the little bits of morality that I see with the orcs that mm-hmm. I brought up a little while ago. Um, you know, I, I I do wonder about that whether the evil in in Tolkien is completely evil. Well, I think without having read this read the next couple books, yeah. um, I'm only going off of you know my little bit of knowledge from film and other and similar situations. Uh, I think you do see someone having to battle with someone who is considered evil or is considered bad fighting with the good inside and having a little bit of a redemption story, but in the end following Smeagol. Smeagol. Okay. Yeah. Good call. All right. I like that. Um, and I might also throw in say Wormtongue who we'll get to. Yeah. Um, who has, I, I think he has a lot more development in the book, so he'll be an interesting one to watch out for. Um, good. Let's see. Did I have anything else? Um, oh, the only other thing that I, that I thought of bringing up, but I'm not sure exactly how much I have to say about it. We're about to find out, uh, (laughs) is the idea of responsibility and duty. Um, by the way, duty, funny word. (laughs) Um, yeah, we're 12. (laughs) Uh, but there, there are all these characters who feel that they have a responsibility to do X, Y, or Z. And generally speaking, it's I need to do the right thing, whatever they think that is. Um, and this has always been one of the reasons that I like 
Boromir as a character is because he the reason he falls uh, into you know temptation and, and tries to take the ring from Frodo is because he is trying desperately to do what he thinks is right. He feels like, yeah, I'm a part of this fellowship and, and I want to see this quest succeed, but not at the expense of what I think my primary duty is. I need to stop saying duty. Uh, and that would be to defend the people of Gondor, mm-hmm. right? And so here is this thing that's going to help me do that. I can't believe that we're just going to throw it away. Because this, so my responsibility dictates that I need to get this thing back to where it can be properly used. Right. And right. so it's it's like, uh, it's like so many of the best TV shows these days. It's all about characters doing the wrong things for the right reasons. I think it's a, a very cool dynamic to look at. Someone's been watching Breaking Bad. Um... Or The Shield or, you know, <laughs> you know, there's so many great examples, but not always the most fun series to watch. But. Well, I think you hit on something that, especially with Boromir, we don't we didn't really cover a lot of Ammon Hen and that whole I period know, right? at the end um, there. We missed out. But I think that every character at, at some point in time in the series, I'm, I'm going to predict here based on what my, you've seen, what I've seen, yeah. that every character is going to have a moment of choosing good, better, best yeah. in, in their journey All here. Right. Frodo has had his right now where he's... Frodo, at least at this point, I need to get away from everyone. I need to take off. I need to get go on this journey the rest of the way myself. Boromir has his moment here. And, you know, for Frodo, that is the best option. You just, you got to go. And the reason we know it's the best option is because of the outcome. I guess if the if he had chosen something else, the outcome would have been... You have chosen poorly. poorly. <laughs> but for Boromir, the decision he makes for him... Is good. Seems, seems it seems like the best. It option. seems like the best, but it's a, it's it's a good option that in the end would have failed on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see, and I think we'll see every character have to do that. We've already had uh, Aragorn dealing with it a little bit when he's trying to decide when do we go into Moria mm. or not Moria, Mordor. Right. Yeah. I gotcha. You know, I I really need to go. I have a, a duty or a responsibility, like <laughs> you said, to help the people of Minas Tirith and. To get out there. Excellent R roll, by the way. Thank, Thank you very you. much. I can't do it when my mouth is not, you know, super dry. <laughs> I do speak Spanish. But uh, I think, you know, making that decision, I need, I really need to go help these people, but I also, I've got to make sure Frodo gets there. The greater good is done by getting Frodo taken care of, but when Frodo makes his decision, it'll help Aragorn make his decision, which, as we know, ends up being a totally different decision because the orcs make it for him. Right on. Cool. Um, well, good. Uh, anything else that uh, you wanted to bring up? Uh, especially, you know, like you said, we didn't get to the end of Amon Hen. Um, I really liked that section. Did you? Not for anything that occurred or, you know, the, the confrontation between um, Frodo, and Boromir. Frodo and Boromir. I enjoyed this, the Sam outsmarting everyone to get to Frodo. Yeah. I enjoyed that. You know, it's about time that... Sam got a chance to not, you know, not only be the most fiercely loyal and protective, but to be the one who knows his master so well he gets there. And I think we covered that a little bit already. But the idea, and this to me spoke more to the world that we're in, not not our world, but the the world of Middle Earth. Sure. That there were two places, Amon Hen and, and Amon La, and Amon La, and they were. They, it was a place to go to see everything, to get a view of the of every of everything around you. 
if I understood what I wrote read correctly, mm-hmm. um, you could look in one direction and see out to the this one group, and you could look in another direction and see everything. And at this point in time in the story, I thought that meant so much to. It was very symbolic, I guess, in quotes, for or necessary for Frodo to come to a point, for all these characters to come to a point where they can overlook everything, get a big picture, and say, here's the decision I need to make. Because that's where Frodo goes. He goes up to Ammon Hen where he can look out and see everything, mm-hmm. and he makes his decision. You know, And that's where Aragorn goes and realizes he's made maybe some wrong decisions. Yeah, it's it's that moment. And I think perhaps we all need to find our Ammon Hen every now and then. <laughs> oh, so deep. Somebody stitched that. <laughs> I'd like a pillow that says uh, my Ammon Hen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that that section, I liked it because it was a moment before everything just goes crazy and, and splits apart. Yeah. Everyone gets a chance to, you know, a couple, we get a chance to go somewhere to look at everything and make a decision and go. Right on. Well, yeah, everything is about to split apart and go a little bit crazy. So, like you said, we're following a bunch of different storylines now. So, in book three, we're actually going to follow um, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli and Merry and Pippin as they are running around in Rohan. Uh, and then it's we wait all the way until book four before we go back to Frodo and Sam, which is crazy. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess uh, we'll have some more to talk about when about why Tolkien did that. But uh, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. So it's time to get into the two towers. All right. I will see you uh, on the fields of Rohan. Yay!